Welcome back. It's another week and another episode where we bring you the tools and encouragement you need as you divorce. Thanks so much for being here with us each week. Today, we are going to talk about collaborative divorce. Have you heard of it? Collaborative divorce is a legal process that enables couples to utilize a collaborative attorney, a mediator, a coach, and a financial professional called a financial neutral to achieve a settlement that meets the needs of both parties and their children without the underlying threat of litigation. And the fact is, many people who are facing divorce might not be thinking about how to work together with their spouse to bring this ending. They may have given up on that a long time ago. But the traditional model of divorce can be highly adversarial. And maybe you don't have it in you to go that route. You might want to consider collaborative divorce. Listen in today to learn more to help you make an informed decision on what legal strategy best suits your needs. Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Today's guest is Elizabeth Hill of the Hill Law Firm in Overland Park, Kansas. Elizabeth is a very passionate attorney who works hard to help her clients execute divorce with as little drama as possible. And today she's going to share with you how she helps her clients accomplish this. Thank you for being here, Elizabeth. Oh, Annie, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited today to talk about collaborative divorce and as one of the options that are available for people thinking about divorcing. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to exploring this with you as well. But before we get started, would you please tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do personally and professionally? Sure. So I have been a family law attorney in the Kansas City area for over 30 years. And I hate to say that now because that dates me. But practicing Kansas and Missouri, I went to UMKC Law School and became interested in family law when I was there. And then when I started practicing, that just kind of became my niche. So that's what I do. I'm a sole practitioner. I worked for a couple of firms early in my career. And then after I had my second child, I decided that I wanted to go out on my own to give me more flexibility with trying to work and also be a mom. I have five kids. They're all grown, four boys and a girl. And now I have grandchildren, which is super fun and awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Outside of that, I have a horse boarding facility. I'm totally into horses and live on a farm. Life is good. Well, that sounds fun. I'm glad you shared that. So, well, thank you so much again for being here. And listeners, if you've stuck around this far, you know that we're going to be talking about collaborative divorce. So you may be considering it and maybe just curious and want to know more. So what we're going to do is explore today exactly what collaborative divorce is with the help of a very experienced collaborative attorney skilled in this process. And she's going to help us understand who is a good fit for it, who might not be, plus how to make the most of the process if it becomes your chosen method for dissolving your marriage. So I guess we'll just start, first of all, with the question that I ask all of my guests, even my professional guests, which is how has divorce profoundly affected your life? Have you faced a divorce of your own or someone else pivotal in your life? So yes, I've been divorced and also have had family members and friends and acquaintances that have gotten divorced. You know, in our country, it's very prevalent. So it's almost hard to walk through life and never 
come in contact or be with somebody that hasn't experienced a divorce. Mm -hmm. That is true. Well, I guess we should just start with the definition of collaborative divorce as you see it. How would you define it? So collaborative divorce is just a really unique and different way to divorce. In the collaborative divorce process, it is it includes two attorneys that are trained as collaborative attorneys. And there's also a coach, a divorce coach, and a financial neutral. And that's your professional team. And then the couple that participates in divorce or participates in collaborative divorce, they are committing to the process, which includes not going to court. We all sign an agreement, attorneys included, that if the case does not resolve, we will not continue to be the collaborative attorneys. And the parties also commit to, you know, just being open and honest and transparent about their goals and interests, financial aspects of their case. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So, you know, you have said a couple of things that have kind of shifted my thoughts about it. I guess in my mind, I had assumed that collaborative divorce, just based on what I knew about it, would require two really reasonable atmosphere of collaboration (laughs) between the spouses. And it sounds like you're saying maybe that's not always the case. I was going to ask you who are the perfect candidates for it, but how would you answer that? So here's what I'd say to that. You know, it's a personal choice how you decide you want to go through your divorce. And there's different options that you have. And collaborative just happens to be one of them. And I really think that it's up to the parties to decide whether a certain process fits their needs or not. And so honestly, outside of a situation where there's domestic violence or something along those lines, really anybody, any couple is a candidate for collaborative divorce. Okay. So they're committing basically to a process where they there's quite an incentive, I guess, for them to make sure it works. Right. There's an incentive for everyone. There's an incentive for the couple because if for some reason an agreement is not reached in the collaborative process, they have to retain different attorneys because those of us that practice in the collaborative arena, when we enter into a collaborative case, we sign an agreement. We all sign an agreement that says that the case does not resolve itself, the attorneys withdraw. And then so for the attorneys, too, I mean, when we start a collaborative case, we want to see it come to a successful conclusion because we're Mm -hmm. part of the process. So we're all kind of bound together, so to speak. Okay. Do you have any concept of statistically what it looks like as far as how many are resolved successfully versus having to, you know, have that agreement fail? Sure. So, you know, I can speak very specifically to my own practice. And I would say I've been doing collaborative divorce for probably 10 years or longer. And I have only had a handful of cases that did not successfully reach an agreement at the end. And I would say that's probably statistically very consistent with those of us, others that are in the practice as well. Most Mm -hmm. cases do successfully conclude in collaborative. Okay. Well, that's good. And cost-wise, do you see a big difference? I know the national average for uh, divorce attorney fees is 12900 Do you see the collaborative process being a way of saving money or just saving time and energy and trial? You know, it's really all of that, Annie. It's financial. It's emotional. You know, there's just a lot of things about the collaborative divorce that really support couples. 
From a cost perspective, I can tell you that a traditional litigated divorce is going to be very expensive and it's going to take a lot longer to conclude and it will be financially and emotionally taxing on a couple. Yeah. In collaborative, it's a very methodical pathway from beginning to end of the process. And there's not duplication of work, which you would see in a traditional case where each attorney is kind of working on their the case from their perspective on behalf of their client. In collaborative, it's a more holistic approach where we're all working together for an end goal, which eliminates a lot of duplication of work. And then you've got your other two professional team members. So we have your financial neutral, and that individual works with a couple to basically gather information, like what are their assets? What are their debts? What does their cash flow look like, both together as a couple and when they separate? The couple works together one-on-one with the financial neutral to gather that information and to create working documents that we can all use to have a meaningful discussion about terms of settlement. And a financial neutral's hourly rate is significantly lower than an attorney rate. So all of that work is done at a lower hourly rate. And then you have your divorce coach that coaches the couple on uh, communication, you know, better communication skills so that when we meet and we're discussing terms of settlement, they're both in a place where they can um, respectfully and thoughtfully express their goals and interests. And the, and the coach helps manage that conversation. And she, he or she will also work with the couple on parenting plan. They have kids. The divorce coach works one-on-one with the couple. And again, divorce coach hourly rate is less than attorneys. Mm-hmm. And so a good portion of a divorce case in a collaborative process, the background work is done by two professionals with lower hourly rates than attorneys. And so then when we meet together to talk about the legal aspects, the attorney time is is much more limited than it would be in a traditional divorce. And so for those reasons, what you get as far as support from financial neutral and a divorce coach and your respective attorneys, all of that is still more cost-effective than a traditional divorce. Doesn't seem like it, but it really is. Yeah, I think it does. And I think that's a great explanation. That's a good way of looking at it. Some of the things I wanted to talk about are just kind of looking at the advantages and disadvantages. Obviously, we've kind of already talked about some of that. But if we just kind of spend some time there, what would you say are the main advantages of getting a collaborative divorce as opposed to the standard or traditional method? You know, so there's a lot of advantages and benefits to collaborative divorce. The key ones, or I guess the most important ones, would be confidentiality. So in a collaborative divorce, unlike a traditional divorce, there are no pleadings filed with the court until the case is completely settled. And so the whole time a couple's working through the divorce and the collaborative process, there's nothing on file. And in a traditional divorce, there would be, and it's public record. You know, anyone can look up online and see if somebody's filed for divorce. Mm -hmm. There's also the privacy of the negotiations. You know, if you have a traditional case, all of everything about your life is on record in the courtroom. Anybody can walk in and sit down and watch. It's all transcribed and you really lose your privacy. So in the collaborative process, there's tremendous amount of privacy. It's also really less taxing on a couple And that I really give credit to the divorce coach for that. The divorce coach is a mental health professional. And so they are really there to support the couple 
as they're going through the divorce. And you don't have that in traditional litigation. You have your attorney. And as much as I'd like to think that, you know, I'm compassionate and I'm empathetic and all of those things as an attorney with my clients, I'm not a mental health professional. And so I'm really not skilled and trained to manage all of the emotions that go with getting divorced. And you've got that in the collaborative process with a divorce coach. Mm -hmm. Also, just the whole concept of collaborative divorce is really focusing on the goals and interests of both parties collectively and looking at the family as a whole. And that's huge because in traditional, you're each individually advocating for your client without really giving a lot of thought to what the impact is having on the other spouse and or the children. Mm-hmm. And in collaborative, that's front and foremost goals and interest yeah. of both parties. What's best for the children and things are planned out as they move forward. And you don't have that in a traditional case. So like, should a house be sold or not? Should a house be financed? What if we borrow money against a 401k? We have all those conversations around a table sorting through different options. You just don't have that in traditional divorce at all. Yeah. When you have that situation, I mean, it's nice to think about, I guess, the whole roundtable concept. But what I'm wondering is if emotions get in the way a lot and how that's handled. So that's a great question, Annie, because a lot of people think that in a collaborative divorce, that it's just going to be easy peasy, right? We're choosing collaborative. We get along. We just want to get through this process. And I can say from being in the business as long as I have been, it doesn't matter whether you want the divorce, you don't want the divorce, your marriage has been dead for years, there's all kinds of things going on when people get divorced. When it is actually happening, it is very emotional. Mm -hmm. And it just is. And so Mm -hmm. if we're together, like we call it a six-way meeting where we're all together in the room, yeah, sometimes it is emotional. Someone's crying. Someone's just uh, just taken over with emotion, angry. All of those things happen, can happen in the meeting. However, we have our divorce coach that manages that, manages what's happening, does a lot of reflecting and restatements about different things that the couple might be saying to restate in a more thoughtful and respectful way. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting now with COVID, and I'm so glad that you asked this question about being in the room, because now with COVID, we're doing a lot of things through Zoom. Yeah. And what we're hearing, I thought it was super awkward when it first started. I'm like, are you kidding, are you kidding me? We're going to do divorces through Zoom. But yeah. you know what? There's some interesting things that have come out of COVID. And Zoom is great. Zoom is great. And what we're hearing from couples is that They like Zoom. They like Zoom because you're not physically in the same room with your spouse. You're on screen. And also where they are when they're on Zoom is also much more comfortable for them. You know, if it's in person, you're driving to an attorney's office, you're in a conference room. Sometimes you're in your attorney's office. Sometimes you're in the other attorney's office. Mm -hmm. And with Zoom, you know, they might be at home in their living room on their couch they might be sitting at their kitchen table and their spouse isn't right there with them. He or she's wherever they are. And right. so when you get on the screen, it's just not quite as emotional as it is when you're sitting across the table. Wow. That's an excellent point. Yeah. So clients, they like it. And mm-hmm. 
what we're finding is the more that the longer COVID goes on, the more we continue to do things by Zoom, that when we offer the option now, because, you know, everybody's trying to kind of get back into a little bit more normal interaction with people, you know, Mm -hmm. do you want to do a six-way in person? Would you like to do it by Zoom? I would say over half the time, people choose Zoom. Can you believe that? They choose Zoom. That's what they want to do. It makes sense. I know. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by The Hill Law Firm, a collaborative divorce and mediation-focused practice. Johnson County divorce attorney Elizabeth Hill believes that compassion is critical, and that compassion is at the heart of all that she does for her clients through collaborative divorce and collaborative mediation. In the world of divorce, collaborative simply means non-adversarial. And while it is not for every couple, with the right set of personalities and purposes, this approach to divorce can empower a couple to come together without the court's involvement to establish a workable and more cost-effective resolution for both parties. The choice of an attorney, as always, is a personal decision that should not be made based on advertising alone. Starting Over Stronger Coaching recommends interviewing a few attorneys before making your selection. If you are in the Johnson County, Kansas area and you are seeking a collaborative or mediated divorce, I highly recommend making Elizabeth Hill one of those calls. Call Elizabeth Hill at 913-381-1500 or visit hilllawfirm.com. That's H-I-L-L lawfirm.com. Please tell them you heard about them on Starting Over Stronger. Now back to the show. Well, I'm so excited about the advantages. I really don't want to talk about the, the disadvantages. <laughs> you know, honestly, Annie, the disadvantages are very a very short list. They really are. So it, the biggest one is if you are not bringing your case to conclusion with an with a agree, agreement, you mm-hmm. have to start over. You have to start over with new lawyers and the work that you've done cannot be used going forward in your, your next case. So like you can't use your financial neutral or your divorce coach. So that's the part of collaborative that is not ideal if mm-hmm. it doesn't reach conclusion. Okay. That's really the biggest thing, honestly. Okay. So what does that look like if, you know, say I'm, I'm going through a divorce and I've and I, we've just gotten to the point where we cannot come to terms and we know that this isn't working and we're not willing to try it any longer. Obviously, yes, you've said we're getting new attorneys. Other than that, like any, I guess, just like maybe any spreadsheets or documents that have been gathered and compiled and created during that process, are those like owned by the financial neutral or the attorneys that were involved in the collaborative process and therefore not accessible to the couple? Or would they be able to at least take that content, that information with them when they move to new attorneys? It depends. It's by agreement what happens. So like, for example, terms of negotiation absolutely cannot be taken forward. But like a balance sheet, like you just mentioned, Annie, of course that could, because that's, there's a lot of work that went into that to create that balance sheet and to gather those documents mm-hmm. to just identify, for example, what the marital estate is. So yes, that could be taken with okay. them. If they've had appraisals done, you know, if they've, they've done some other things, most of the time a couple will agree they want to be able to use that stuff in a subsequent case. Mm-hmm. So we kind of work through that and decide what pieces of it makes sense to move forward, you know, to take to the next level. 
Yeah. And it sounds like you're saying that's more or less decided in advance by the way that the participation agreement is written. Mm -hmm. And by the couple and by the couple, you know, sometimes if a couple, if one of the parties says, no, I don't want, you know, I'm not comfortable taking the the things that we've worked on to traditional, I don't want to use them, then we wouldn't do that. It's got to be by complete agreement that that's how it's going to work. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that participation agreement for a little bit. Obviously, we have referred to it several times, but if you would just kind of give the listeners an idea, a better idea of exactly what it is and what does a person considering collaborative divorce need to know about that agreement? So the participation agreement is, is an integral part of collaborative divorce because that's the agreement that is signed by both parties and both lawyers to commit to the process. So for the attorneys, we're committing to operate in a collaborative manner and to support the parties in a mutual and respectful way. And then the parties also commit to that, that it's going to be interest-based negotiation, meaning that you're gonna consider, you know, the needs and desires and goals and interests of both parties. It's not a positional bargaining type process. The participation agreement also defines the roles of all of the team members. So the attorneys, the financial neutral and the coach defines their roles and what their responsibilities are. There's discussion in the participation agreement about hiring experts and other professionals. So in collaborative, as compared to traditional divorce, Annie, experts are chosen together. So in a traditional divorce, and I'll just use the real estate since Since you're in real estate, you can understand this. In a traditional divorce, both parties might hire their own appraisers. And the appraisers might agree on value or they might not. And they've both spent money on an appraiser. In a collaborative process, we talk about hiring neutral experts. So that appraiser in a collaborative is a neutral. It's hired by both parties to determine value. That's part of the participation agreement. We also talk about we're not using the court. We're not going to access the court. And we talk about rights and responsibilities during the process. So making sure bills are getting paid, not encumbering property, nobody's canceling insurances, no big ticket item purchases. There's a long list in our our participation agreement about all the things that the parties agree they are going to do or not going to do while the process is pending. Because unlike traditional divorce, where you might have a temporary order in place, and collaborative, you remember, we don't have anything on file. So we're all doing this work on a commitment that we're going to do what's best for the family. Um, it requires full disclosure and good faith negotiation. We talk about confidentiality. We talk about communication. So in a collaborative case, communication is much different, the process of communication than in a traditional divorce. So in a traditional divorce, If I were representing you, Annie, you and I would talk about what you're wanting to do. I would convey that to, let's say, your husband's attorney. He would talk to your husband. He would that attorney would come back to me. I would come back to you. It's like the telephone game. If you remember playing as a kid, (laughs) where you start at one beginning and everybody whispers all the way down, and then you say, "What did they say?" And it's never what was said. So that's traditional (laughs) divorce, and that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So in collaborative, we talk about communication and it's always group communication. So if somebody's sending mm-hmm. out information, it goes to the group. I send something out that let's say we were supposed to pull some information together. I don't know, say an account or something, Annie. And, that, and one of your jobs in, in one of our meetings is that your homework is to get those statements together. You get them together. You send them to me. 
I scan them and I disseminate them to everyone, both you and your husband, um, the other attorney, financial neutral coach. So we talk about communication, that it's always transparent with all of this included. Participation agreement also talks about termination. So if someone wants to terminate the process, and again, that doesn't happen very often, but they do, that party's required to give notice to everyone that they want to terminate the process. And then in our participation agreement, and this is really an important provision in our agreement, if one of the parties terminates the process, there's a 30-day waiting period before he or she can file an action with the court. Hmm. And the okay. reason for that is you don't want to do this blindsided terminate the, the collaborative process on a Friday. They already have an attorney retained because they knew they were going to terminate and file on Monday morning. No, we're not doing that. So in collaborative, you want to terminate the process. That's fine. You give your notice, talk to your attorney, however you want to handle that. And then that 30-day period gives the opportunity for one to decide what is happening with all the information we've already been working on. How are we going to use that, if at all? And it gives the other party, who maybe had no idea this was even something the spouse was thinking about, it gives both of them opportunity to go retain new attorneys and then file. Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's really important. And we've had a couple times when the process was terminated and that notice provision was not followed. And to the credit of the court, in the two cases that I was a part of where that happened several years ago, when the judge became aware that this was a had been a collaborative case and was presented with a participation agreement that said, you can't do this, the petition was dismissed by the court. Mm-hmm. And he said, when the 30 days was passed, you are welcome to refile your petition, which I thought was great that the courts yeah. support our participation agreement. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. So that's kind of well, that's kind of all the provisions that are in the participation agreement. Okay. And once a client determines this is the direction that they want to take, what would you say are the most important first steps for them? So typically, at least in my, I can speak to my practice, Annie, when people come in, they're really trying to figure out what their options are. And sometimes somebody will come in just by, you know, his or herself. Um, Mm -hmm. Other times they will come in as a couple. So if somebody calls me and they're asking about divorce and they're interested in maybe mediation, collaborative divorce, because I do a lot of alternative dispute options, I will say to them, well, are you, you know, I would recommend that you come in with your spouse. And that way we could talk together about your divorce options and you can hear from me what all your options are and you can ask all your questions. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it happens that way. Other times, maybe just one of the parties comes in. We talk about collaborative divorce. I will give that client, potential client, a packet of information about collaborative divorce to share with their spouse. And then when the timing's right, you know, that potential client will talk to their spouse about collaborative Sometimes that spouse will then call me just to ask questions about collaborative to make sure they understand it. And let's say at that point, they say, one or both of them say, we want to do collaborative divorce. Great. We have a collaborative uh, professional group here in Kansas City. We're, We're an organization. And so then the next step would be they would each need to choose a collaborative attorney. So sometimes that might one of those attorneys might be me because I've talked to one or both of them. And then the other spouse will 
choose a collaborative attorney, interview, pick a collaborative attorney. And then once the two collaborative attorneys are picked, then we, the collaborative attorneys, put together the professional team. So for back to your question, if they're interested in collaborative, they should educate themselves as well, other than what I just said. There's a lot of information on the internet about collaborative divorce, what it looks like, how it works. And then the next step is choosing a collaborative attorney. Okay. So they don't have to choose all the different pieces of the team, just the attorney? Just the attorneys. And then we put the team together because we've got four financial neutrals to choose from and we have three divorce coaches to choose from. And so sometimes it's based on personality of the parties, kind of what we've gleaned, you know, in our initial meetings with the couple as to who we think might be the best financial neutral for the couple. Mm -hmm. And then same for divorce coach. A lot of the selection on the divorce coach has to do with availability. Like when are they available to start a new case? And sometimes it's location. So there's a lot of things that go into us putting together the professional team. Okay. Does the client have any determination in that if you choose someone that they don't click with, that they prefer to change? You know, I've never had that happen. You know, most of the time couples rely upon us to put the team together. I have not had a case where when we had our initial meeting where we all get together to meet. So like I I haven't met the other side, I will meet the other spouse and vice versa. And we Mm -hmm. introduce our financial neutral and divorce coach. I have not had a situation where at the end of that meeting, let's say my client said to me, I don't really like that coach or I don't feel comfortable with that financial neutral. You know, they really trust us as their attorneys to put the team together. That's great. Yeah. Well, so I don't really have any other specific questions, I guess, other than if you were to ask the listeners to take away only one thing from our conversation today, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. I have to think about that. You know, I guess (laughs) what I would say, (laughs) I guess what I would say is, you know, divorce is just a part of our society, right? I mean, we're always going to have divorce and it gets more prevalent, it seems like, every year. And so if that's happening, you know, I guess I would say you have choices. You have choices Mm -hmm. about how you move forward with your divorce. And when you're thinking about divorcing, I would encourage you to think about what you want the outcome to look like for you post-divorce. And I don't just mean financial, but like your children and your family. Like, do you want to be able to go and sit next to your ex-husband at a baseball game and watch your child play? Do you, for me, because my son, my kids are having children now, you know, do I want to be able to be at the hospital with my ex-husband when my son and his wife have a baby? Absolutely. And so if you, when you think about your future and what that might look like when you're divorced and you want it to be conciliatory, you want to have an ongoing relationship, if nothing else for your children, then how you choose to divorce, collaborative, traditional mediation, well-defined that outcome. Awesome. Well, this has been really great. I I thank you again for being here and sharing your thoughts and experiences with us on this subject. Is there anything else that you want to share today? I don't think so. I'm so glad you asked me to, to come on your show today because, you know, collaborative, it's been around for quite a while, but it's not as well known as I would like it to be. And so just the opportunity to share about collaborative, I'm I thank you for that. And our organization thanks you for that, for giving us the opportunity to share 
what we do. It's a great option. I mean, there's nothing great about divorce. Divorce absolutely sucks. Mm-hmm. But collaborative is a great and supportive and thoughtful way to move and navigate through your divorce and come out on the other end feeling like there's hope for the future and that you're going to have a new beginning that's healthy yeah. and positive. That's the goal. That's what starting over stronger is all about. That's right. That's right. That is what starting over stronger is all about. And so collaborative supports that, Annie. It supports mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And listeners, I hope this information and this conversation has been very helpful to you on your journey today. It is my pleasure to meet you here each Wednesday with a new survivor or professional to share stories and to hear from the professionals that you need to hear from as you go through your divorce. I'm so thankful for those of you who have taken the time to follow Starting Over Stronger on Facebook and SOS Divorce Coach Annie on Instagram, as well as here where you get your podcasts. And especially when you also leave a rating or review and share the podcast or pages with other women you know facing divorce. What we know for sure, because we have all experienced it, is that we don't always know when someone is considering a divorce. So please share Starting Over Stronger widely in your circles because you never know who may be in dire need of knowing more about divorce and getting the support they need to decide, survive, and learn to thrive after divorce. You can always email me at Annie at startingoverstronger.com if you have questions or if you need a divorce coach, real estate consulting for your divorce, or if you want to explore whether collaborative divorce might be a good fit for you. I would love to make a personal introduction for you to our guest attorney today, Elizabeth Hill. So until we meet again, remember, you do not have to do divorce alone. There is help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger. Stronger.